1: Previews, previews. Yes. The November book. All right. Yeah. Hmm. You know, there was some great stuff I was looking in here, and then there were some vast wa- uh, stretches of wasteland when I was going through the previews.
0: I had the same reaction. A few things I found that I really liked are
1: pretty exciting, but. They were kind of clumped together. Yeah. And then I'd go a stretch, it's like, crap, I'm not going to find anything. And I'd find two or three more things, so. And then I got to like, ooh, this looks cool. And I'm like, wait a second. I think I've done talked about that. So I guess we're getting to the point where we've been doing this long enough. We got re solicitations.
0: Well, there's always things that they do. I noticed that offered again. That's what that OA code. I'm finally figuring out what these, all these codes mean. Yeah. They put an OA, if they put an OA after the title, it means offered again. So it's been previously solicited.
1: Yeah. And I'm starting to get stuff mixed up with because I got on the Cowabunga FOC that comes out every Friday. Right. So I'm getting that, and I'm having to go back and say, did I order this or not? And then it's like, and I'm getting myself confused. I think I'm double ordering stuff, so. Uh, but at least it's at a discount.
0: <laughs> well, I'm keeping up with that. I actually, well, I saved the spreadsheet order. I copied those over to an archive.
1: Oh, yeah, I do too. Actually, I combine them. I, I delete all the stuff I didn't order. And I've got this one running spreadsheet where each tabs each month of just what I ordered. That's pretty
0: fancy. I need to do something like that.
1: Along know. with the original order form also. <laughs> well, yeah, you want to keep the original. So, But anyway, enough about the past. Yes. This is November previews for book shipping January? And after in some cases.
0: Well, Sometimes I yeah. do
1: advance solicits. But. This is true. This is true. So, hey, hey, yeah. okay, I guess we'll talk about it in the D.C. Well, actually, we'll see. I'll see if that's in the D.C. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. So, but who's, all right, where are we starting out tonight? Oh, where we always start? Image. Image, Yeah. Hey, I think I lost my sheet. Oh, there we go. Oh, no. All right. So, I wonder if we're going to have a lot of overlap like we usually do. Eh. I know one we're going to have an overlap on. Hey there we go. Actually the image choices this month were pretty slim pickings. I thought so too. And I was debating whether doing just one or two, but I decided to go with two. So like my first one is on page forty four, gunning for hits. Interesting. I saw that, but that's I didn't pick that one. Well it's the shady New York music scene of the mid eighties. And I don't know, mid eighties was my time. Mid to late eighties. So it's a nostalgia pick. I do a lot of nostalgia picks, I find. I'm trying to recapture some of those feelings. So, But it does say, if you like Love and Rockets and the behind-the-scenes drama of Mad Men set within the music industry instead, then you'll love Gunning for Hits. Yeah, I
0: may have to look closer at this.
1: So I'm curious to how they think it's... Uh, yeah, I wonder how they're comparing it to Love and Rockets. Yeah, that's... Yeah. But nothing compares to that, right?
0: Well, there's... <laughs> Similar type of stories, but I mean, I'm not sure what they mean by that.
1: Yeah, so the only other strike against it is for some reason the lead character's name is Martin. And I'm uh, just, that seems to be a theme that keeps coming out in comics. All these comics named, you know, where the main characters like Martin. What's up with that?
0: I don't know. I I don't know, but I don't like it.
1: It's, it's Martin Mills. So, yeah. At least it's M.M., <laughs> yes, not MF. <laughs> I was wondering if there was a way to like kind of get Martin Mills and turn it into like a fer- uh, uh, ferret Tim, but no, okay. no. So, <laughs> so what's your what's your ones from Image? Well, my first one from Image
0: is all the way back on thirty six because it's the first one offered. Oh, criminal number one. No, it's a Brew Brubaker, Sean Phillips, yes.
1: How is it a return? If it's a series premiere, how is it the return of the most acclaimed con, crime comic?
0: Well, I see, that's what I don't know.
1: <laughs> it may be a new volume. It's a new volume. It's also 48 pages,
0: I see, for 3.99. Yes. Surely most of the people listening listen are familiar with Criminal or Ed Brubaker. <clears throat> they just finished that Killer Be Killed mm-hmm. series. And the uh, hardcover that just came out that I just got from Calabunga about two weeks ago. I haven't read it. My heroes have always been junkies. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I need to pick that up. So, But this is a new ongoing series. And it doesn't have a subtitle. Which is kind of... It's just confusing me because it's just like Criminal Number 1. like It's the very first uh, criminal that they're doing. But but it's, it's the same characters. Teague Lawless. There's, mm-hmm. The hero well, finds hero. himself in more trouble than ever. Well, anti-hero, I guess, would be better. But the interesting thing is they put four pages of example artwork on this thing. Oh, three.
1: Excuse me. Right, so you're getting half the story?
0: <laughs> you're getting a big chunk of it.
1: Well, three pages out of 48, but how many of that's ads?
0: Gosh, you know, I mean, this is like, I saw this, like, Brubaker, Criminal. I
1: love it. One of my favorite series. Ooh. Oh, so you have read Criminal before?
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
1: Mm, Cool. All right. Well, my second image is actually the next page on, or the next one in there. listed 40, Oliver number one. So I guess it's kind of a modern take on Oliver Twist. But I really like it because it's, you know, the artist is Derek, or Derek Robertson. So I really like his art, even though some people complained about him on, what was it, Harbinger Renegades? I got the boys. I really liked his art on that. I kind of like the art they show on here. And, you know, you know, modern Dickinson. Or modern Dickens. It's got to be a good thing. Right? I think so. But it is a post-apocalyptic superhero story. In a war-ravaged England. So... <sighs> More post-apocalyptic. I wonder where we're going to get past that setting. I don't know. When people quit buying it? I don't know. We've been doing post-apocalyptic since when? Anything earlier than the 50s?
0: Oh, yeah. There's some older literature. I'm, nothing, I'm trying to think of something that
1: what, comes Would to you mind. consider War of the Worlds post-apocalyptic or during the apocalypse?
0: It wouldn't post-apocalyptic because the war is going on. I think it was just an invasion story.
1: Yeah, how come it always doesn't even like invasion stories? It's all like after some big bad event. Or were invasions done, you know, run out through the 90s and the early 2000s? Now, I guess
0: you could, since we're talking about H.G. Wells, you could put his novel Time Machine as post apocalyptic because the time travel goes hundreds of thousands of years into the future when uh, civilization no longer exists.
1: Yeah, because something um, did happen, didn't it? The,
0: yeah, the, there was some the, cataclysm that took place and now two species of people, the Eloi and the Morlocks, and of
1: course mm. the Morlocks were
0: cannibalistic underground dwellers.
1: Uh, it is, spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> yeah, that novel's only been out a hundred and something years, so, <laughs> <laughs> but it just so happens Oliver was my second pick for Image, because I thought it looked good as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks interesting. The artwork is really well done. Yeah, I agree. I really liked his art, I just don't know why it didn't take in that one Valiant book.
0: I don't know, but I'm also gonna have to check out this gunning for hits, that love and rockets.
1: Oh, is that all they gotta say? If you like love and rockets, you'll like this. It's intriguing me.
0: Now I may look at it and say, okay, that was total hyperbolic bullshit that some ad guy made, (laughs) or it may be true. I don't know. (laughs) But it's enough to keep me. enough to make me interested.
1: Okay. And that's all they gotta do. That's what the that's what the previews and the blurbs are. They're supposed to, in. One or two sentences draw you in.
0: Now, just side note here. If you flip over to page 57...
1: Ooh, ooh 57. It's just a bonus pick.
0: Oh, I well, see. Back that's, that's the back list of all the criminal stuff. If you're interested in this and you haven't read Criminal before, that's all the volumes that you can...
1: Wow, how, there's like seven volumes. How many yeah. issues in a volume? Six?
0: Twelve? Um... Five or six, I think. They're usually the standard size trade paperbacks. Oh, there you go. So, just pointed that out if anybody's interested in catching up and haven't read before, if you want to
1: catch up. There we go. All right. Well, let's move on to Dark Horse. Okay. Let's see. So, wait a second. I didn't put my numbers down for these for some reason. I'm having to flip through real quick and find out exactly. where is that? Oh, there we go. All right. So my first one from Dark Horse is on page 108. Weird. W-Y-R-D. And I guess that spelling is indication of what this is. There are problems, cases too strange for U.S. law enforcement to solve. Peter Pitor Weird is the one who solves them for a fee, of course. An unaging, invincible detective with a penchant for the strange. Weird is the one the government calls when things go very badly and get very strange. Plus, there's a Jeff Lemire alternate cover. Oh, nice. So, in this issue, Crimea, a failed attempt at recreating a certain U.S. super soldier or monster roaming the countryside and a trail of bodies. Issue 1 of 4. So, it is a miniseries. So, you're only going to get four issues.
0: That's interesting. Well, the first one, my first Dark Horse, is back on page 88. Fight Club 3. Oh, yeah. I think I remember you saying you liked the Fight Club series from them. I do. Well, I really like the author, Chuck Palahniuk, uh, mm-hmm. who has written novels as well as comics. Really interesting writer. Kind of bizarre in his take on things. You know, it kind of continues the story. Maria Singer is about to deliver her second child, but the daddy isn't her husband. It's Tyler Durden, who is very invested in Aaron. The, <laughs> on the solicit, they say, Chuck Palahniuk writes the sequel to the sequel to Fight Club. <laughs> look at the, there, There's a variant cover by David Mack. I really like. Yeah, Mac makes some great covers. And then they give some example art, which
1: is very appealing. Very Mm -hmm. standard comic type art. Alright. So my second one from Dark Horse is on page 94 Aliens' Resistance. So, Dark Horse still has that license. And they're, you know, as they're starting to combine the different uh, aliens and predator and the other, like, I guess the space horror or space whatever movies from the 80s into one kind of like shared universe um you know i think they're doing a good job of it and i really like these uh like the alien stuff from dark horse i mean they're also doing the they're also doing you know issue two of the aliens three no actually the third issue of alien william gibson's aliens threes is also out this month so you get two of them the only thing i guess they They haven't combined yet. They haven't done Aliens, Terminator. I mean, Aliens, Predator, and Terminator. (laughs) And they they do have the Terminator uh, license too. So see what and it looks like they got the Avatar license, so they could just throw an Avatar too. All these movies crammed into one. Yeah. So and the artwork looks pretty good on the interior. Yes. And I guess who it is the artist Robert Carey.
0: So yes.
1: This is my second pick
0: from Dark Horse as well. So.
1: Oh, is it? Yes. Yeah, they didn't have... You know, most of them are not putting out it, number one issues in January, are they?
0: There was a few others. Like, there was, uh, on page 890, they did a Tom Clancy's Extremist Malice.
1: Yeah, but that's where they're basing it on, a video game, and I don't think Tom Clancy yeah. has anything to do with it other than his name's on the cover.
0: That's kind of what I got. So, but really No, they really didn't have a lot of... They did some hardcover releases, but there's a lot of, as far as number ones, they didn't do much. This
1: yeah, there is the director's cut of of uh, Black Hammer. Yes. On page ninety seven there, which is a must for collectors of for all Black Hammer fans.
0: Well, I'm a Black Hammer fan, but I'm not going to be collecting that one. So.
1: Well, it's 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 the original, first issue in black and white with no color, so you can you can look at it in that old timey, wimey looking way. Yes. Before color TV,
0: that is true.
1: Uh, all right, so yeah, I guess there are a few hardcovers coming out.
0: Yeah, that's a few smattered. All
1: right, so we're ready for DC. The DC. Yes.
0: This was an interesting DC book. It had some a lot of things in there that I wasn't expecting. Oh really? Yes. Well, I'm just got all the standard books, but there's a couple of things that
1: really struck, stood out to me. Was there anything as as awesome as a uh, omnibus of the four Batman one through twenty six Detective Comics?
0: No, there wasn't.
1: So what? So what did you find? Well, the first one is on
0: page four. Ooh, page four? This is another. This is
1: part of DC's Black Label. Mhm. Which isn't kind of as, as Black Label as we thought it was going to be.
0: Yes, ever this will since
1: be the Batman Damned issue. Yeah.
0: This will be the other history of the DC universe without penises. <laughs> um, but this is written by John Ridley, art by Alex Diaz, and it's, the solicit was really engaging to me. John Ridley examines the mythology of the DC universe in this compelling new miniseries that reframes iconic moments of DC history and charts a previously unexplored socio-political thread. As seen through the prism of DC superheroes, who come from traditionally disenfranchised groups. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what what iconic DC moments he's going to go back and look at.
1: Well, there's Crisis on Infinite Earths, probably.
0: Probably. Um, I mean, there's just there's any, there's an uncountable number of things, he, possibilities he could do with this.
1: So I'm,
0: okay. It's a it'll be a five issue miniseries. It's a little expensive. It's seven ninety nine, but it's sixty four pages. So we're talking about three, about three times the normal content.
1: Yeah, and it'll probably be every other month.
0: And it's it's an, it's going to be in the large. Looks like the large magazine format. They said eight and a half, approximately eight and a half by ten point eight seven five inches.
1: Yeah. How do you feel about the that being a new prestige format? It's not quite treasury edition, but it's it's not standard comic size.
0: No. I mean, I, it doesn't bother me, but for some people who want to put it in their long box, it's going to be.
1: Oh, got to get a special long box for that.
0: Well, the the I know that the Batman Damned fits in a standard magazine bag and board. I don't, or at least the the cheap polypropylene. I don't know if you if there's a mylite halfback equivalent for that. So
1: mm, I do think they make magazine versions. Yeah, I think I was actually looking at some earlier or uh, yesterday. Yeah, there may be. I just haven't seen them. <laughs> Yeah, but where's issue two of that other uh, Black Label title? Batman Damned? Yeah, I thought it was releasing in... No, that was delayed, because
0: they had to go back and de it.
1: Yeah, but I thought it was delayed from like a November-December release to January. I don't know, but
0: it's not in here. Uh, okay. Yes, they had to delay that, because cause there, was, there was more... Of that uh, exposure, so they have to go and expunge all of that because
1: oh, can't have that in your comics.
0: No, we're way too immature in this society to have adult material in an adult in an adult comic book.
1: Well, you know that is why you had the Comics Code Authority. <sighs> Sorry,
0: I just that's just I'm not gonna go on another harangue with that stupid as hell. Anyway, serenity now.
1: Take- yep, yep. Well, my first pick from DC is actually. On the previous page, it's on the inside cover. So that would be four, it'd be, that'd be three, on page two. Young Justice number one. So I remember getting Young Justice back in the day. Um, I don't know if I like punk, you know, the punk Superboy coming back, but it's supposed to be Connor Kent. So I'm curious to how they're going to do that and then have, um, Jonathan Kent. But, you know, it's, it's by Bendis, and you know what? I'm actually enjoying Bendis' Superman in action comics so let's try it plus you know if it's even half as good as the Young Justice animated series then it'll be awesome because that's just about the best one of the best animated series of all time but yeah I'm really excited about Young Justice because they bring back Impulse and you got and I don't know do they say which Robin that is I don't know if that I don't think that's Damien Robin. doesn't look like the costume that Damien wears. Yeah, he's got that kind of modified League of Assassins tunic. So maybe that is Tim Drake Robin, who's Red Robin, or some kind of Robin that I don't quite understand. I don't either. But I am curious about that, about which Robin that is.
0: What amuses me is if you look down there, it talks about... uh... All these variant covers. And it's like, Amethyst variant covered by To Be Determined. Impulse variant covered by To Be Determined. Robin variant covered. Oh, it's like five or six variant covers, but we don't know who's going to draw them yet. So.
1: And the blank variant cover, To Be Determined. <laughs> they don't have an artist for that yet. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Oh, you know what? That's where the fans get to determine. Because you can go get your own cover. Yes. Oh, and you know what? I'm looking at that scene. I think I see the Wonder Twins. I did not realize that. I'm now looking at the art on there, and I was trying to go through all the heroes, and there's the Wonder Twi- Twins and uh, the monkey, and I can't think of the monkey's name, even though I grew up watching the Super Friends. Is it Bleep? I think it was Bleep, or is that from another one? I don't know. But it's got Wonder Twins, so that's got to be good. I don't know if this is YA or what, So, but it's just, you know it's his another line for him, this guy, but you know Bendis must, must do nothing but just write like sixteen hours a day, or it just comes so naturally to him that he doesn't have to do any re re rewrites maybe so. All I know is
0: he's on his way to writing every damn book in d c isn't that what he did at Marvel? Uh, yeah, so
1: all right, so what's your second book,
0: all right. Just flips the page over to page six. The Superman 100-page Super Spectacular number one, but it's actually a one-shot. Super Spectacular.
1: Oh, but it's not a Bendis book. It's a Marv Wolfman book. I did not notice that till just now.
0: It's a previously unpublished tale of Superman written by Marv Wolfman, and it was written and uh, written around the 2006-2009. intended for the Superman Confidential series, but it never got published. And Wolfman. They had a quote in here by Wolfman. He says, "This is the best Superman story I've ever written." So I am damned fascinated by what this. Well,
1: is. how many Superman stories has he written? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so this says prestige format. So is that the same size as? I don't know the black titles because they're labeled prestige format. Or is that just, or is that just referring to the card stock? I
0: think that. Tip it, or traditionally, or what it has been, just refers to the cover, the cardstock cover, not the size. So I'm going on that is that assumption right here. So, but the first thing I thought, I saw Superman 100 page, super 100 100 page. And I'm thinking, what is this going to be in Walmart? Is this one of the Walmart things that they're?
1: No, no. Well, soliciting- you know, uh, uh it does the 100 page. Yeah, yep, yeah, Could, but they wouldn't be soliciting it if it was going to Walmart. No, I know,
0: I, I know. That was just sort of a first thing that kind of came to mind.
1: Oh, there you go. All right. Well, my second pick is towards the back on page 83. And it's DC Universe, The Bronze Age Omnibus by Jack Kirby. So it's kind of like his non-Superman books that he did. So it's got, you know, it's written by Jack Kirby and Dennis O'Neill, Joe Simon, Joe Cavallari, Michael Flesher, and Paul and it's looks like it's all of most of his other DC work when he was there. So you've got the days of the mob number one, spirit world number one, the demon one through 16. And that's the cover. Yeah. The, is the is the cover number one, the demon, the sandman one through six. So it's the original sandman, not Neil Gaiman sandman. All
0: right.
1: Omac one through eight, our Fighting Forces one fifty one to one sixty two, Superpowers one through five from nineteen eighty four, Superpowers one through six from nineteen eighty five, the first issue special number one, five and six. DC Comics presents eighty four. Richard Dragon Kung Fu Fighter number three, Weird Mystery, <laughs> Weird Mystery Tales one through three, and Forbidden Tales of Dark Mansion number six. So it's one thousand four hundred and seventy two pages of Jack Kirby Goodness. This the is definitely other... one you're going to have to uh,
0: try to look at it and see what Cowabunga is going to discount it.
1: And also down there, offered again, is The Fourth World by Jack Kirby Omnibus, which is the only way to reject that The Fourth World is an Omnibus so you can keep up with everything and what order it was supposed to happen. Right. I agree. So Awesome stuff, and I just love that Demon cover. And you, you know he had to be really creative when he wrote that because the, the Demon Speaks in Rhyme, so how long does that take to, like, write a comic book when you have to make the main character speak in rhyme?
0: Pen- For me, it would take forever.
1: Iambic pentameter. <laughs> it's some great stuff. So, all right, DC. Now I guess we're going to move on to IDW. Yes,
0: and IDW just confounded the heck out of me. Oh, did it? I didn't. Th- in fact, I didn't pick one thing in IDW. Well,
1: you didn't? All right, then I guess it's all me.
0: Well, the first thing is, like, you turn over and you see this Marvel action, Avengers, Spider-Man, and Black Panther. What the hell is this doing (laughs) in IDW?
1: Yeah, I haven't quite figured that out. I think these are, like, young readers versions, but why wouldn't Marvel print young version readers as opposed to IDW, especially when it's got Marvel at the top?
0: Yes. That's what I don't understand. I, I flipped this page over and I had to do a triple take on it. I'm like, what the hell?
1: Well, this is if you if you notice it says Marvel Action. So it's Right. Marvel Action Avengers. Marvel Action Spider Man. Marvel Action Black Panther. It's almost like the Ultimate Universe. Like it's separate. And but it's and it's Marvel, but it's written by IDW? Yeah, yeah okay. Now that you really pointed that out, I'm even I'm confused. <laughs> But anyway, you go
0: ahead with what you've got, because I don't have anything right. else. Anything. So what
1: I picked from uh, IDW, actually, I need to go through and mark through what I've already gone through. So on page 134, Star Trek The Next Generation, IDW 2020. So this is actually, so I'm a big Star Trek fan, and Star Wars fan, so, so I like good science fiction. I like science fiction. So anyway, so... This is featuring an adventure early in Captain Picard's career. So this is uh, a 36-page, I think it's a one-shot story of, you know, Picard on the Stargazer. And this is when you had Beverly Crusher was on there and her husband. And this, I'm assuming, you know what, this might be the telling the story of how Picard got Crusher's husband killed. So Could be. Just an early story of... You know, from the next generation, prior to them all coming together on the Enterprise D, and then okay, then my second for IDW, and I've gotten to this theme on IDW that one of my picks is always one of their Artifact editions, but they do though they do those books so so well. Oh, and did you see the covers for uh, Batman the Max number four for the month?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Alright, here it is. Okay, on page 168. The Bernie Wrightson Artifact Edition, where all it is is just artwork from Bernie Wrightson mostly from his DC horror books. So there's like, there's 152 pages with three foldouts including nine Swamp Thing covers, House of Secrets 92 and Swamp Thing 1, 3, 6, and 9. So those are the Swamp Thing covers. But then you're looking it's like all, you know, it's got Covers and artwork from all the stuff he did from back in his like the DC horror stuff. And it's just some really good stuff. So this is a new printing, so it's not the first printing. So it could be a, offered again. I'm like, what's the number on it? I don't see the number on it? Ugh. Anyway, but 12 by 7, 12 inches by 17 inches. Oh, hardcover, black and white. Bernie Wrightson. and looks like there's some Man Bat covers maybe. Right. So, but yeah, that's me from uh from the IDW. So I think mm-hmm. that kicks us off to Marvel.
0: Yes. And boy, going through the Marvel catalog is only slightly less confusing than this month's IDW. <laughs> Not being a Marvel fan, it's hard to keep up with what's...
1: what's... What's a new number one or what's just a renumbered... You know, what's a number issue 13 just with the one thrown on it?
0: Yeah, well, and the biggest question I have is... I haven't been able to figure this out, how many damn Spider-Men are in the Marvel Universe right now?
1: Oh, but you got to remember, no, 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 it's, it's like, is it the Spider-Geddon thing? No, no. Because it's it's a Spider-Man from all the alternate dimensions, and you got to remember, the main Marvel dimension is 616, so there's at least 615 other ones. <sighs> like, I'm talking about this new number one, Friendly
0: Neighborhood Spider-Man. Then you've got uh, Well is it Peter
1: Parker Spider Man or is it Miles Morales Spider Man or is Oh it does say Peter Parker, so this is Peter Parker. Well yeah, but Peter Parker yeah, that Spider Man could have multiple Spider Man books.
0: So you've got that, and then you've got
1: you, Well yeah, you can have Amazing Spider Man, Spectacular Spider Man, Web of Spider Man, Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man, Superior Spider Man, uh I forget what else.
0: There's one in here called Miles Morales one. Oh Miles Morales Spider Man. Yeah, Miles Morales on page forty nine. Yeah, hey, there you go. Wow, you can't keep up with this.
1: I probably could. Well, because you know, I, okay, let me ask you this question: How can you have so many Batman books?
0: Well, that's true. It's <laughs>
1: is my logic like <laughs> crushed your.
0: <laughs> well, a lot of them are out of continuity. I guess I guess a lot of these Spider Man books are the same way. I'd...
1: Well, well, back in the day you had, what, Batman Detective, Legends of the Dark Knight, uh, Shadow of the Bat, uh, I forget what else, Gotham Knights, da-da-da-da-da. Oh,
0: there's
1: a ton of them. Exactly. It's like, Spider-Man is the Batman of Marvel. You slap him on a cover, you slap him in a book, people buy it, apparently. Because think of it this way. Think of it this way. I guess we're getting off our previous discussion, but think of it this way. How many DC villains came out of the Batman books? Oh
0: gosh. I'm not sure I can't even count how many. Exactly.
1: So the same thing happened through Amazing through the sixties and the seventies. You had all these villains that first showed up in Amazing, and they may have transferred to other books. I think like if I'm not mistaken, Kingpin first showed up in Spider-Man, but he's now known as a Daredevil villain. But he originally was a Spider-Man villain. And you also had a lot of villains show up in the Fantastic Four. Right. Between Fantastic Four and and Amazing Spider-Man is when villains would pop up, and then you'd see them propagate to the other books. I think Avengers had a lot of villains, but those never did really take. It's like mostly, it's like the Spider-Man villains are the villains everybody kind of knows.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: But anyway, so so, uh, the Marvel previews confused you. Uh, and it's, it's probably
0: just because I don't understand.
1: But but, th- but did you find anything?
0: Yes, I found a couple of things. All right, what'd you find? First one that looked interesting to me is this is on two unnumbered pages towards the front. That's another thing about this damn catalog. They don't their page numbering sucks. Well, it's every other. It's
1: it's only odd.
0: No, these pages I'm looking at are there's no page numbers. It's Captain Marvel. Yeah. But that's because they only number the odd pages.
1: Their numbering is odd.
0: Their numbering is fucked up. <laughs>
1: what is yeah. Yeah. They don't do even numbers. You know why? Because number one is odd. And they can only do number one, so they can only do odd numbers. I guess so. It's that Marvel logic. But anyway, you're sitting at Captain Marvel number one with the uh, Amanda Connor cover?
0: Actually, I'm more interested in the variant cover by Alex Ross on the next page.
1: Ooh, Alex Ross. On the next page. Which previews are you looking at? I'm looking at the... What page are you on? This would
0: be on page 14.
1: Oh, see, I was on the inside cover.
0: Yeah, they put it on the inside cover, but then they also, the actual solicits on page 12 and 13. But then you flip over to page 14, and you get the Alec Ross variant cover.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a pretty nice cover. In all her incarnations. Ooh, but there's that nice Adam Hughes cover. Yeah. And then there's the actual movie variant cover, which is an actual photograph of real life.
0: I've never been that interested in Captain Marvel because number one, the real Captain Marvel is a DC character. <laughs> now they call him Shazam, which is a stupid ass name.
1: Right. Another one,
0: another harangue. Mostly, <laughs> but this was is the writer of this is Kelly Thompson, and I'm somewhat familiar with her work. She's she's a pretty good writer. Yeah. She's been nominated for Eisner on a couple things.
1: Oh, there you go. All right, well, my first pick in Marvel is on page two. Well, it's not really page two. I guess it's actually page one, which I didn't label, so my whole thing on... Well, I got one on the page for the issue number, and I guess that counts for the page number also. But is Conan the Barbarian number 1 by Jason Aaron with a cover by Ysad Ribik. And they got the license back from Dark Horse for the first time in X number of years. But here you go. They're going to have like 30 different variant covers. They even have a Hildebrandt cover, which I don't know. I don't think their art style really translates to Conan, but I'm really excited for this. I just, I really, I've, I've been getting the early issues of the original run of Marvel run of Conan the Barbarian from the early seventies when Barry Windsor Smith did the art and the covers. Oh, and they're just gorgeous. And this is when he was known as Barry Smith. But I really like the Dark Horse run, so we'll see how Jason Aaron can do Conan. The They've got several, they got three pages of the interior art, and it looks good. And I guess you're also getting that same month, you're also getting Conan the Barbarian issue number two. Oh, and it's going to have a variant cover by Chris Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Conan. And then... They got the True Believer one dollar reprints from back in the day. So it's just kind of like Conan Month at the Marvel. So looking forward to that. Yep. So what's your next Marvel?
0: My next Marvel, and this is one I am absolutely going to get, and I'm very excited about it. It's on page fifteen, Black Widow number one. I thought she had been back. Uh if they haven't had a I haven't had a title with her in
1: Oh, okay, yeah. She's been in other books, but not her own title.
0: All right. This will be written by Jen and Sylvia Soska, the writers and the artist is Flaviano, which I am not familiar with at all.
1: Oh, I do like that cover by Clayton Crane, though.
0: Well, why wouldn't you?
1: (laughs) Clayton Crane!
0: I was going to say, that's a nice cover.
1: But there's a Hidden Gym variant by John Buscema. Yep. Mm Mm-mm. Fun stuff. Alright, my second one from Marvel is on page 33. Marvel Comics Presents number one. They're bringing back Marvel Comics Presents. These are great today. You get these and they'd have like three stories in them. And this is where the classic Weapon X was presented by Barry Windsor Smith from issue 75 through 83. Oh no, I think it was 12 issues. So it'd been like 89. Or 87 to 89. So yeah, Marvel Comics Presents was great today. It was just cheap, fun reads. And, um, that looks like an Art Adams cover. Yep. Yeah. And then those, again, with any number ones are going to have a multitude of various covers. But I am curious because this is one of the books I sit there going, they're going Marvel 80 years. I'm like, what? Marvel 80 years? Cause I was just thinking, it wasn't too long ago they had 50 years, so I think they're adding the, the years they were timely comics because I think Marvel, well, you know, there was a Marvel comic. I want well, to think that was like 60 or 61, and that doesn't add up to 80 years. So I think they're going back to their World War II roots of timely comics. to get 80 years.
0: They have to. There's no way they can get 80 years out of just going back to...
1: Well, let's think. Before. So it's 2018... So that'd be 62 years, so 38. So, yeah, this goes back. This would say Marvel was founded in 1938. Right. And I think it was Timely
0: comic. Yeah, they were Timely Comics, though.
1: So, I guess that's one way of doing it.
0: Well, I mean, some of the characters I still carry forward. I still see the Submariner comes in there.
1: Well, Submariner, the original Human Torch, and Captain America.
0: Right. So there's continuity there.
1: There is that. And I guess okay. Bucky, aka. Winter Soldier was also then, too, so I guess you can count him. All right, so let's marvel. All right, Dynamite. I can only find one thing in Dynamite I was really interested in. Of course, there was that cosplay cover for Barbarella. That's true. I found two, but one of them is
0: mostly something I, I just, is a joke, because I think it'll irritate you. <laughs>
1: and what would that be?
0: Well, my first serious one, in there, one, my one serious one, is on page one seventy eight. Peter Cannon Thunderbolt number one.
1: Da, da, da. Is that from the Golden Age?
0: I'm not sure. And what made it interesting to me is the writer, Kieran Gillan, who I think is mm-hmm. a very, very good writer.
1: Yeah, I looked at that. I just haven't had any, uh any like of the the dynamite superhero stuff kind of grab me looks interesting. I
0: doubt that I will get it. I wonder it. if it's from the
1: Project Superpowers universe. That's what think... I'm
0: curious about.
1: Or is it its own thing?
0: I didn't see anything in there that indicated that. I was... know. Oh, interesting.
1: Yep. Well, my pick from Dynamite is on page 184, because I'm a glutton for punishment.
0: <laughs> this is my one that I picked, because I thought it would irritate you.
1: No, no. It's Turok number one. They keep... They... Dynamite got the licenses to the gold key characters and they keep trying them. Now, this one's written by Ron Mars, so I've got, that's what got my hopes up. So it's a, you know, it's a Ron Mars written with a Bart Sears cover and you can't get too much more 90s than that.
0: That is true.
1: So I'm, I'm, they're kind of going back to his roots, it looks like, where he's a Native American trapped in a lost land, having to fend off. Dinosaur, so we're kinda of going back to your gold key roots. So
0: I just remember uh, the last attempt they made. You was like you were like, Nope, not my Turok.
1: Nope, not my Turok, hashtag. So this <laughs> looks more like my Turok, especially when you got Bart Sears doing it. Ah so oh, yeah, and Ron Mar- I mean
0: that's that's a lot of pedigree right there. Ron Myers and Bart Sears are two
1: Alright. So well, so so I, so I do have a question for you. Alright, so you see the Turok cover there, right? You got the paper edition, right? Yeah. So you see the Bart Sears cover there, the large one? Yes. What's it say there? Bart Sears cover A?
0: Black and white show. Hmm.
1: It looks like color to me.
0: It uh, looks very colored to me, yes.
1: <laughs> Is that to be kind to somebody that's colorblind? Uh, and it does no. appear black and white to them? No. <laughs> I don't think so.
0: Okay, so just wondering a, that's there. Not, that's not how colorblindness works. But
1: well, it does say at the very bottom that final covers may vary. <laughs> so maybe that cover <laughs> A will vary and be black and white.
0: Well, that's sort of a <laughs> that's sort of like a yeah, cover. That's and white why you phone. always read
1: the fine print. <laughs> yeah. Actually, so that's my only thing from Dynamite.
0: Yeah, that was that was it for me. So
1: all right. Oh, you didn't want to get, like, the, you didn't want to get, oh, well, wasn't there an Elvira something? There's an Elvira, yes. Oh, the shape of Elvira. That's your whore. That's your horror right there, right?
0: Uh, yeah. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> and this is your, let's is the fifth and final issue. This is your last chance to get Vampirella Deja Thora. Okay.
1: Is it Thor or Thoris? Is the S is the S excuse me. Well, I have no idea. It is a stage of Thoris. Yeah, yeah. Don't you love it when you can be in space the like exist in space, all you need is the space helmet and you don't need the rest of the space suit.
0: Yes. But that's your uh you know, that's your if you like comics featuring two women who are barely dressed at all. So,
1: which I mean
0: I got I got no problem with it.
1: Yeah. Oh, what did you think about this month's James Bond 007 origin covers? Which one do you not like? I, there's not one that I don't like. Uh, they're they're they're
0: really going. Uh, they're pulling out all stops on these covers. Every month there's like five, six covers that are gorgeous. And it seems like it always comes down. Certainly the Bob Q, whatever Bob Q right does, is going to be in the top two or three.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: keep wondering. For people that are listening, if they're just slamming their desks, it's like, I can't see those covers you're talking about.
1: Well, you know, this tells you to go look at them. They're easy to yeah. find. Get on the interwebs. The interwebs will let you know. That is true. All right, on the Boom. And I only had one in Boom. I only had one in Boom. Okay. Is so, it the same one? I don't know. Should we just move on and let everybody wonder? Yeah, I picked actually Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer number one.
0: That's what I did. All
1: right. So there you go. So I'm curious to see how they reimagine it. Because and, again, and you know what? And Dark Horse just finished up the last season or whatever of Buffy, so I guess they lost this license also. Poor Dark Horse. But you know what? They they have the Black Hammer universe, so I don't feel too sorry for them.
0: No. that's I think they're doing fine on that. What really has intrigued me about this is it's written by Geordi who
1: Reimagined it, but it's under the guidance of Joss Whedon.
0: Right. But this is her Jordi's chance to, I think, she's a great colorist. I mean, an outstanding colorist. One of the best in the business. I love mm-hmm. her work. But colorists are just the most undersung people in comics. They don't get nearly the recognition that they deserve. So I'm very curious to see how she does with this.
1: Yep, should be interesting. And again, it's, it's a reimagining, so I guess it's just modernizing it. Because I guess Buffy came out in the 90s, I'm thinking. So, yeah. Yeah, best I remember. Everything old is new again. Hmm? Right? Yep. So, all right. So I guess we can skip through the rest of the boom. Now we can go to everything else. Yes. Where I actually did write down the page numbers.
0: Imagine that.
1: All right. So my first one from everything else is on page 257 from Alterna Comics. And it's the actual Roger. So, from the director of the Tick animated series, the actual Roger follows the misadventures of an unwanted sidekick. After a freak cosmic event gives Roger Beeman a strange ability, Roger is forced to become a sidekick to an actual superhero who really doesn't want him around. So it's interesting. You gain powers, but you don't become a hero yourself. You actually become a sidekick. That's funny. And for a buck fifty, you can't beat it.
0: Mm-hmm. Very cool.
1: So what's your first one from everything else?
0: Uh, first one is going to be flip over to 278. All right. This black, Black Mask. Again, talk about glutton for punishment. Um, it's always hit, hit and miss. Uh, this is, it's an original graphic novel, loud.
1: Uh, yeah, but all you got to do is get it. So once it comes that's, out, there's that's not true. a follow-up issue.
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering if it's going to get delayed. But it's, um, written by Maria Lovett. It's, Hardcover, 104 pages,
1: 17 bucks. Uh, I bet it's not, it doesn't have rounded corners, though. Well, no, it probably doesn't. No, it looks nice. All right, my next one is going back to page 257. I actually have two from Alterna, and it's Unit 44. Two bumbling Area 51 agents forget to pay the rent on the facility's off-site storage unit, and the secret contents end up being sold at public auction. With an alien invasion threatening planet Earth, can this dim wooded duo save the human race from extinction? Probably not. <laughs> That's interesting. So again, it's another dollar fifty book. How can you go wrong? Oh, and just since we're on there, did you see that cover over there on page two fifty six for Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Terror number four? Yes,
0: yes, yes.
1: <laughs> nice
0: stuff. Which came out today actually, but I since I'm getting it through Cowabunga, I'm gonna be. A,
1: yeah, I haven't got my completely... copy yet either.
0: Alright, All right. well so to avoid flipping back, my next one is on page two hundred eighty nine. Do you have anything before that? Nope. Nope, okay. nope, nope. Section on page two eighty
1: eight. Oh, we're not stopping there in the boundless section. Nope. <laughs> Just moving on. The two eighty eight under Chartwell Books
0: Batman the War Years
1: hardcover. Ooh, I saw that and was thinking hard about that one.
0: Yeah. A new compilation of comic books from the early years of Batman and his involvement in World War II. For any readers, this will be the first time ever look at Batman in the war created by in 1939. It's like a hardcover, 304 pages, 25 bucks, pretty good price.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and it'll be discounted hopefully in Calabunga.
1: Yeah. But but so did Hitler come to Gotham City and that's how he <laughs> he fought Batman?
0: <laughs> I I don't know. Don't remember that taking place. Alright.
1: So my yeah.
0: So my next one is on page three thirteen. Okay, I've got one before that.
1: Okay. What's your one before that?
0: This will be on page two hundred ninety three. And it's All Berlin right. Berlin the Complete Edition hardcover by Jason Lutz. Mm-hmm. Berlin has been a damned fascinating comic. It's been going ongoing for years. And it's the story of Germany. In, during the Weimar Republic, before Hitler, but just before Hitler came to power.
1: Yep. So yeah. uh, after World War One.
0: Yeah, between the world after World War One and between Hitler during the was the Weimar Republic. There's not a lot of stuff written about that. I mean, because that's not the most interesting part of German history. But um, he's been doing this over like the last twenty years. Just I think he's got twenty-two individual issues. The interesting thing about this is, and this is, it's pissed some people off because he started collecting these
1: mm-hmm.
0: in hardcover editions, and he collected there were there was two hardcover editions, and then there was going to be a third one that complete the series. I heard an interview with him on uh, Comic Alternative podcast. Well, they decided to just do this complete hardcover omnibus and not do a third edition. So some of the people that collected the first two hardcovers and were waiting for the third or a little Peeved because if they get the omnibus, they're going to get stuff they've already gotten. But,
1: yeah. Um,
0: I, that's just, that's a good series. And this is going to be a good prize. I mean, it's hardcover, 580 pages, 50 bucks. Which I think is more than reasonable.
1: Nope, nope. Sounds like it. All right. So now we can move on to mine. On 313, you got anything before 313? No, I don't. So on 313, down in the, the bottom corner there on It's Alive, it's. Midway One Shot. So each combat one shot features true stories from World War II, illustrated by comic book legend, World War II vet, and Eisner Award winner, no, or Eisner Award nominee Sam Glassman. So this was the one with the Battle of Midway. I didn't so see that. So you get that, plus the backup story Out of the Gate, and you get a one page story high ground and essays about General George Patton Jr. and Sam Glasman. And you also get an incentive cover by comic book legend Russ Heath. I did not see that. That's I'm interested.
0: I'm very interested in that.
1: So yep, the Battle of Midway. Forty-eight pages. Nine ninety-nine.
0: Pretty cool. Okay, my next one's on three thirty-nine. Do you have anything before that?
1: Yes, I do. Okay. On page three eighteen, the Lion Forge. The collected Toppy, Volume One: The Enchanted World. So it's, it's a it's starting issue or it's volume 1 of a 7 volume library of works by Italian illustrator and author Sergio Toppi, widely considered a master of graphic storytelling. Toppi's subject matter covers a wide array of historical periods and cultural settings which he would bring to life through extensive research combined with a sense of cinematic set and costume design. So this first volume contains 11 tales of high fantasy presented in English for the first time. So it's a beautifully designed 168 page hardbound graphic novel which will feature elegant rounded corners and a <laughs> forward from legendary comic artist Bill Sienkiewicz Or Sekovich. I can never say his name. I can say it right in my head, but I can never pronounce it right in, when it comes out of my mouth. But it's right. part of the magnetic collection.
0: I saw that. Now that artwork is just sublime. I mean, it's exceedingly
1: detailed. Yes. Yeah. So that's on 313, 318. And then my next one is on page 331, and you said 338 for you? Yeah. All right, so on page 331, in the middle, from NBM, the Philip K. Dick, a comics biography hardcover.
0: Damn, I missed that one, too.
1: One of the greatest writers in sci-fi history, Philip K. Dick is mostly remembered for movies based on his work, such as Blade Runner, Minority Report, and Total Recall. His dark, fascinating work centered on alternate universes and shifting realities in worlds often governed by monopolistic corporations and authoritarian governments. His own life story seems a tussle with reality going through five wives and becoming increasingly disjointed with fits of paranoia and hallucinogens fueled by abuse of drugs meant to stabilize it. His dramatic story is presented unvarnished in this comics biography. one hundred and forty four page hard cover twenty four ninety nine.
0: Very nice. I look. I didn't miss that. i am have to go back and look at that closer. I did not see that going through.
1: And if you look there in the lower corner there, there's World War II comics. Guadalcanal had it all one shot from Monroe uh, Publications. But it wasn't one of my picks, but there's another World War II one. All right. And then nice. my next one's on 338. So do you have...
0: You're yeah, on 338. Mine's actually on 339. So.
1: All yeah. right. So on 338, I have The Ballad of Sang from Oni Press. So he's kidnapped off the streets of the Philippines as an infant. Sang's childhood has never been normal. Trained as an assassin, all he's known is death and violence, tangling with the city's gangs under the direction of his master, Thomas, and the biggest crime lord in the city, Don Minchella. So when a job goes wrong and leaves a prominent Yakuza's debt unanswered for, Sang and Thomas find themselves on the wrong side of Minchella. Unable to save Thomas, and with Minchella's severed arm and toe, Sang swears revenge. So it's got the writer of Old Man Logan and Cable, Ed Brisson, and newcomer Alessandro Michele presents a homage to Takashi Miike uh, Films with The Ballad of saying. Looks nice. So I went through quite a few, so why don't, you just, why don't you give us some of yours now?
0: Okay, well, the next one, uh, right on that next page, Stump Town Volume 4. This is the fourth volume of a series written by Greg Rucka, illustrated by Justin Greenwood. Great crime drama, and, and very quirky in some of the stories. Like, uh, this is Volume 4 called The Case of the Cup of Joe. Portland's best private detective investigator. Dex Perios is back, and this time the case is a real grind. When she picks up a simple assignment to escort a package of highly prized coffee beans, she has no idea she's stepping into the web of the barista mafia. They know <laughs> there was a barista mafia. I need to ask Paul Tesner if he knows anything about... The barista, the mafia.
1: <laughs> and eccentric <laughs>
0: billionaire with no compunction about using force to get the most coveted. It's just, I love Greg Rucka. He's a good writer and this, this looks just interesting out there? and quirky and out there at the same time. All the things that appeal to me.
1: So. The case of the cup of joe. Yes. <laughs> um, Alright. So my next one's on 351. Okay. Go ahead. Alright, from Scout Comics. Shadow play. So set in the Stabbity Bunny universe.
0: Oh, I picked this one. This is one of mine.
1: Okay. Two ninth graders, Bard and Joy, accidentally awaken an ancient artifact and Bard loses his shadow. When he begins to weaken, Joy calls upon her mystical contacts and discovers that the two must be quickly reunited or both will perish. They must cross over into Val, the hidden realm where our our shadows enjoy an independent existence and find his missing counterpart before time runs out. It sounds like an interesting uh, premise.
0: Yes, it does.
1: It amused me because I didn't know there was
0: a Stabity Bunny universe. Yeah, maybe this is the first offshoot of that. Um, This on the previous page, 350, Mm -hmm. under Red 5 Comics. It's a spotlight on a trade paperback, Riptide.
1: Yeah, that's currently coming now. I think issue three just kind of hit, and lots of people have been talking about it.
0: And it looks interesting. I haven't been following that, but I may get this trade. A mysterious asteroid nears Earth. The unexpected happens. A powerful gravitational force causes the sea to roll back hundreds of miles in an unprecedented low tide. So and there's a cruise ship involved. So.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out where the water goes. Because the water doesn't really go anything during low tide. It just the, the, you know it bulges at the equator or well you know the moon pulls on it and it bulges a bit. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it could bulge enough to pull back hundreds of miles. But you know what? makes for an interesting story. Yes. Alright, so my next one's on page 353. Like we were talking about, they came in clusters for me. Right. So on page 353, down there in the lower corner, this is a trade paperback. Salvagers. Volume 1. Ah. So after the end of the Galactic War, peace blanketed the galaxy. However, planets with little shipping resources turned to piracy or developed small guerrilla military units geared to pillage trade ships. This spawned the necessity for trade companies to hire private security contractors for protection. Even under the security of peacetime, there is no shortage of violence in outer space. From looting raiders, Navy destroyers neutralizing, from outer space, from looting raiders, Navy destroyers neutralizing a rebel movement to the simplest space station falling victim to a rogue asteroid. These destroyed or abandoned ships and stations are classified as wrecks. Licensed crews are commissioned by governments, empires, and corporations to remove these lifeless hulks in a hostile galaxy. The risk and reward is high for these crews. So that looked that looked very interesting to me.
0: And it shows it's offered again, and I guess it's because right above that, Salvagers Volume Two is being released. It's Volume Two. So you can get both of them. Yeah, that does look interesting. I that kind of glanced over that, but I hadn't didn't give it as probably as much time as I should have. Okay. All right, what's next? Oddly enough, and disappointingly enough, other than, well, I didn't find anything new in in Titan. No
1: new hard case crime. No, but I did pick one thing from Titan on page 364. Okay. I think it was 364. I'm looking on page 364 and I don't see it. Oh, yeah, there it is. Under the Books of of Ballads and Sagas. Charles Vess. Oh, beautiful, beautiful artwork. I got the originals of this and I see that, in, but I've got them, you know, in my PC. I mean, hard to pull them out, but the, it's just him, uh, illustrating like old, uh, I can't remember if they're all Europe, if they're European myths or they're specific to like, uh, English myths or Celtic myths or Irish myths, but it's like him illustrating those. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like the original Grimm fairy tales. They don't all end happily, you know. But it's kind of where a lot of our con- our, our you know English version of fairies and all that came from. So it's it it's it's quite a good collection of art, I think. Right. And stories. But yeah, it was kind of unusual not to find anything in Titan. I think like last month we had three or four things in Titan. Yes.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: Interesting. All right. Interesting. All right, so my next one's on 367. Okay, I've
0: got one on the page before that.
1: Okay, what is it?
0: This is going to be unusual because this is looks like it's going to be more of a prose book.
1: Is it but that Retrofan magazine with Elvira on the cover? No, it
0: is below that. It is <laughs> Kirby 100SC. There you go. Two Tomorrows in the Jack Kirby Kr- Collector Magazine celebrate Jack Kirby's 100th birthday in style with the release of Kirby 100, a full color visual holiday for the king of comics. It features an all-star lineup of 100 comics pros who critique key images from Kirby's 50-year career, admiring his page layout, dramatic and storytelling links, and lovingly reminiscing about their favorite characters. Featured are Bruce Timm, Alex Ross, Walter Simonson, John Byrne, Alan Davis, Joe Sennett, Steve Roode, Adam Hughes, Wendy I John Romita Sr., the good John Romita. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dave Gibbons.
1: <laughs> J.R.S.R.? <Sorry>. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, that is some. That is a pretty good list of. Artistic names.
0: Yeah. I mean I'd be curious to see what they say about
1: his. You know images and drawing
0: and. Stuff. Yeah but
1: I didn't see that. So that looks very interesting. Yeah. Well, mine's kind of like the next one over from University Press of Mississippi, and it's the British, the British superhero softcover. So it's 318 pages, black and white. I think it's a prose book, but Chris Murray reveals the largely unknown and rather surprising history of the British superhero. It is often thought that Britain did not have its own superheroes, yet Murray demonstrates that there were a great many in Britain and that they were often used as a way to com- comment on the relationships between Britain and America. Sometimes they emulated the style of American comics, but they also frequently became sites of resistance to perceived American political and cultural hegemony, drawing upon satire and parody as a means of critique. So yeah, it's a prose book, but it looks interesting.
0: Right. Nice. I'm trying to see. I don't know if I've got another one.
1: Oh, nothing from Vault. I didn't think they had
0: anything new from Vault. Let me see. Oh, there's thing that confused me. This is one thing that confused me. If you look on page 374.
1: Failsafe
0: Volume 1 Trade Paperback. Did they ever finish Failsafe?
1: I haven't been able to find the last issues of it. I'm also curious about Alien Bounty Hunter. I don't think I got the last issue of Alien Bounty Hunter.
0: I don't remember seeing that either.
1: So, I am going to have to look and see if I miss those. I'm going to have to find them. So, at least Alien Bounty Hunter, it says issues 1 through 5. So, I know there should be 5 issues, so I can look and see if I have 5 issues. I don't know about Failsafe. I think I got the first three issues and I've never seen. That's all I got. I never saw anything else. And I know it's been optioned for a movie, so that's... But over there on Essential Items under Vault, I picked Stalag, Stalag, Stalag X. And that's where I got to thinking, huh, I think we've picked it before. Or is this the first time it's been... I think it's the first time
0: we've talked about it. I don't remember.
1: I don't know. I saw that and I thought it was very interesting. So New York Times bestselling author Kevin J. Anderson and veteran screenwriter and producer Stephen L. Sears craft a tale of survival in Stalag, Stalag X. I can't say Stalag tonight. <laughs> Joe Human, hm, is taken to a harsh POW camp on a distant planet where the will, where he will be examined, tortured, and forced to endure experiments that rip into his very mind as the alien Kreil seek to answer the question, what is human? A question that in their hellish situation, the prisoners are finding harder to answer mature theme and I just love that cover that cover just looks
0: I'm interested in that i mean I've, I've i knew that that was a series that's been finished for some time i think it kind of finished before you and I both were reading much vault mm-hmm so I'm curious about that the other one that's a hard cover
1: Gosh. can you see wasted space issue six up there yep Still which going. is now officially an ongoing
0: very good for our friend michael Morisi. Yeah, how do you like that
1: cover? I like that cover.
0: I like that cover, and hopefully they'll do some more of their homage covers. I just I'm <laughs> loving the homage covers yeah. that doing. But there's another, one, I'm, and I'm in, I'm thinking about this just based on the good things you said about it. Up on the top corner there, Zoya Can Complete Series.
1: Sojadin.
0: Zojaden, how do you pronounce that? I've
1: never Complete heard series. anybody pronounce it, but that's how I say it in my head. Or Zojaquan, I guess. Is how
0: Zojaquan, I, it. I think. Zojaquan.
1: Zojaquan is how I pronounce it in my head. It was actually really good after you got past the first issue. first issue was the setup, and you had no idea what was going on. Right. But I don't understand it. It collects issues one through three plus the final two chapters, which isn't that... Doesn't that... Shouldn't it say collects one through five, then?
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how they did that. I didn't follow it. So I don't know if they released it. As it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to overthink it. Are you not? I may get this. It's 160 pages soft cover for 20 bucks. It depends on how, discounted. how much it's discounted on right, it. Mm. All
1: right. So I'm kind of done with most of my uh, comic picks, but I do have one Sparky pick.
0: Okay. Well, I'm down below my
1: comic pick. All right. For Sparkman on page M131 which took me a while to figure out what the M was, but when you flip it... Yes, you have to flip the... That's the M there from Green Ronin Publishing.
0: M what page?
1: Uh, 131. Okay. From Green Ronin Publishing. The Expanse RPG hardcover. I love getting the RPGs for various... I don't know, universes or whatever, because it's almost like a series bible, or it has all the information there, because, you know, so I got several, so, I mean, I've got like the Will of Time RPG, and I see my, I've got, so I got some Robotech RPG books, I have the Babylon 5 RPG, the Will of Time RPG, um, I think I have the Shannara RPG, and they're just... Great for source books and background information that gets put into there that you find out so much more about the characters and the the setup and the universe and things like that. And some major events, depending on what it is. So the Expanse role-playing game brings James S.A. Corey's award-winning series of science fiction novels to the tabletop. Using the adventure game engine rules that power... Green Ronin's Fantasy Age, Blue Rose, and Modern Age RPGs. The Expanse takes players to a far-future solar system where humanity is divided. Martians, Belters, and the people of the older struggle for political power and resources, but older alien forces are stirring in the universe, and human history is about to take an unexpected new turn. The Expanse RPG applies the fast-playing, stunt-powered age system to spaceships, solar colonies, adventure, and intrigue in the far future, where the actions of the characters may change the course of history. So, it's forty nine ninety five, right. and the Game Master, kit, I don't know what's in the Game Master's kit, it's like 32 pages, but the hardcover RPG is 224 pages, so it's 224 pages that's setting up that universe, and I hear Martin and Sparky and Dave and them on 2 BT always talking about the Expanse, so I guess I'm going to have to check it out sometime, but I've always found RPGs are great supplements to to books like that.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Maybe something he's interested in. So, if you're listening, Michael Sparkman, when you said it's something for Sparky, I was, I would have bet, I would have bet a lot of cash it would have been a Star Wars or something.
1: Oh no no no. Actually, I did get 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 through sending him some extra Star Wars comics that I had accumulated that I didn't need. So.
0: So anyway, that's previews for this yeah, month. Yeah, I think
1: we. Oh man, we actually took some time going through it tonight. Yeah, no, it's. Even though we didn't have as many as we usually have.
0: We talked about a couple things, and
1: we went... Oh, did we get off-topic? Why would we get off-topic?
0: I don't know. We've never done that before. Ever.
1: (sighs) There you go. If not, they could have sped through them.
0: They could have, yes. But this has been another episode of Best of the Rest. You can reach me, at Jay Loving, on Twitter.
1: I'm at Oot Inger on Twitter.
0: Or you can tweet the show directly, at BOTR Comics. Good night! (laughs) We'll mm-hmm.